do what's necessary. Amen. You know, sometimes we never stop to think, you know, it's amazing how I try to look at all sides of when things happen. And I was telling my oldest yesterday, I said, you know, we just get into our routine and our routine, uh, just our rhythm of what we do all the time. And nothing really can get in the way of our routine, and our rhythm. We just do what we always do. And I said, it's amazing that this coronavirus has now interfered with our routine and our rhythm. And I don't know about you, but for me, it has given me more time to just spend with Jesus. Because I got some distractions in my life, too, that I allow to distract me. Nothing bad. But, but, so I'll be, you know, because I just can't help myself. The pulpit make you tell the truth, right? And so I like to listen to sports, and I like to watch sports. There is no sports. There is no sports. So the time that I probably used to waste on listening to sports, watching sports, guess who get that time now? <laughs> so I'm just I'm just tickled sometimes about how things work. Because I'm 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 aware enough to know there are things in my life that I like, but I probably need to get rid of it. It may not be bad or it may not be sinful or it may not be dangerous. But there are things in my life that maybe is not so necessary for me. And if I could get rid of it, it will give me more time to put into Jesus so I can draw closer to Jesus. And so I'm just watching how the coronavirus has shut down our routine. What are we going to do with the time? What are we going to do with it? Oh, help us, Jesus. Oh, my God. And so... As I said, we're going to uh, be smart and we're going to have wisdom and we're going to do the right things um, to protect ourselves, but we're also not going to be fearful. And one of the things, as we had posted on the website, on our Facebook page, we said that we are fortunate at this time to not have a congregation over 250 people. And so because we're under 250, oh, come on now, let's do what we have to do and take full advantage of what God wants to do. I have a good friend of mine that his church is 600, and so he's having two services this morning. And let some of the, and then some of the folks that, you know, are probably um, in danger with certain health conditions, they'll, they will watch on Facebook Live. But he split the congregation in two and had two services today. So down in Louisiana, they're having two services at um, the Pentecostals of Lafayette because they exceeded that 250, but they used wisdom. And had two services, so they will be under the 250 threshold for each service. So we just have to be smart about what we're doing. And, 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 and here is what I say. Here is what I say. I just believe with every fiber in my bone that as long as I am doing what God wants me to do, I'll be all right. As long as I am doing what God wants me to do, I will be all right. I don't know about too many people that is doing what God wants them to do and their life just became a wreck. You don't, your life don't become a wreck when you're doing what God wants you to do. Will you have some challenges? Sure. But your life don't become a wreck when you're doing what God wants you to do. So my advice is just do what God wants you to do and not worry about everything else. 
let God worry about everything else because he can take care of everything. I am excited to be in the house of the Lord, and I'm glad to see all of you. We have one guest with us, Kimberly McCann. Kimberly, amen. Kimberly brought her daughter with her. Who? Micah. Michael, her son with her. I'm sorry. Amen. Michael, good blonde, pretty hair back there. Amen. People without hair always recognize people with hair. You ever notice that? I noticed that. Amen. But it's good to have you, Kimberly. I heard about you last week. Amen. And so I'm glad you were able to make it in the house of the Lord. You came today, Kimberly, of all days. Ah, Kimberly must believe something. (laughs) She pushed through today. This could have been the day she said, well, let's just wait a little bit. But Kimberly came anyway, and Kimberly lived right in this community, so we welcome you to Christ-Centered Church. This is your church, Kimberly. We are in your community. God put this church here for you and everyone in this community. It's just about us opening our eyes to know where God wants us to be, and God will bring us to where he wants us to be, and it will be up to us to just abide where God wants us to be. God do not force his way and force himself because we say love is not forceful. So when you love, you don't force. When you love, you don't make people do things. When you love, you try to show them the way. You love them into the way, but you don't force. And so that's our God. And so sometimes we take him for granted because he's not putting our arms behind our back and making us do things. You're going to do this. That's not the way our God does things. He tells you. He teaches you. He shows you by example. And um, it's up to us to decide on our own and say, yes, Lord, I want to do that. Amen. Well, let's get into the word of the Lord this morning, and let's see what the scripture will tell us that God wants us to hear. Philippians 4, familiar passage of scripture. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Philippians chapter 4. Verse number 12, the word of the Lord says, I know both how to be a base and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. Somebody say all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I want to preach to you today on this simple topic. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Tell your neighbor, yes, I can. Father, have your way today. We feel your presence Continue to manifest your presence that hearts and minds and lives will change today. We thank you for Kimberly and Michael. We thank you for all of our family and friends that are here this morning. We pray the outpouring of your spirit to flow like never before. We pray that every need that is needed in this house this morning will be exceeded. Lord, we're totally dependent upon you. We can do nothing 
on our own. It's only when you enable us. It's only when you give strength and life can we do anything. And so, Lord, we look to you, our Savior. We look to you, our source of everything. Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I pray this morning that thy kingdom will come and manifest in the lives and the midst of your people today. In Jesus' name we pray. You may be seated. When you reflect back on your life from childhood to present and all you have gone through and experienced, just look back and think about your life. I don't know how far your mind can go back since you know yourself. I don't know how far your mind can go back to realize that God's blessing has been in your life. I'm sure you can look back over your life and you might say when you really look back over your life, it's an amazing thing that I'm here today. Oh, only four of us can look back over our life and say, boy, it's amazing that I'm here today. I don't know if you understand, but you probably don't even know when you were a baby what you experienced. You, you probably can't remember some of the things you went through as a child because you blocked it out of your mind. But if we will go over our life and look back way back when we can remember, for as far as we can remember, we will realize that it's an amazing thing that I'm here today in my right mind and in the house of God. I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you many of us in here, maybe all of us in here today can probably make the statement that I, I may not have or should not have been here today. Something should have took me out or something could have ended my life and something could have could have really happened to me. There are people that you had hung out with, did things with, that the things that you did, they did, and how they got affected, the adverse effect that the situation or whatever you did together had on them, it didn't have on you. <laughs> I always think about my kids, raising them up in church and teaching them the right way. And they knew the right way. But as kids, they like to experiment. They like to experience. They like to go off and do what they want and not do what they're being taught at home. And so I can think back. They won't tell me and they probably talk among themselves. But, but, but I'm sure there are times when they got into situations where they knew that they should have never got out of it the way they got out of it. Because other children got jammed up. Other children got in bad situations. Other children. Their life got messed up. And here they are today saying, look at me, I'm still here. Why am I here? I am telling you why you're here. Because God has brought you through. You have made, made it through many trials. You have performed many duties. Subdued Many evil that came against you gave into many temptations. 
and withstood many temptations as well. You came up against many adversaries and overcame them. You have gone through many changes in your life. But yet you are here today alive and well and none of those things had destroyed you. I'm here to tell you this morning that God has been with us and God is with us and God will continue to be with us if we will trust Him, if we will obey Him. God will bring us through whatever we need to get through just like He did all your life. He will continue to do it. Guess what? You were born for such a time as this. God chose you for this hour and for all the circumstances surrounding you. Oh my God. Maybe Abraham, if he was living today, you might look at Abraham and say, what a man of God. But he's not living today. Moses, you might look at him and say, what a man of God. But he's not living today. The apostle Paul and Peter, you might say, they're mighty men of God. But they're not here today. Guess who is here? You're here today. You are the modern day Peters. You are the modern day Apostle Paul. You are the modern day Jeremiah's. You are the modern day Timothy's. You're here today for such a time as this. God chose you for this day, for this moment to handle every situation that will come your way. Somebody clap their hands unto the Lord. We don't understand and we don't realize that we came on the scene, this scene, for this time and for this hour. Oh, yes, we did. We may be living in the most challenging times ever, but these are the best of times ever to experience the kingdom of God and the power of God. Can I tell you something? The purpose of God will always accompany the power of God. And I'm telling you when there's a need, that's when the power of God will show up. The power of God sometimes don't show up because we say we don't have need for the power of God. By the way we live, by the things we say, Sometimes God can't do anything because we act like everything is all right. But when we will look to him and say, Jesus, you know it's not all right. Jesus, you can see we have need. Jesus, it's not working for me. Jesus, I can't do your will. Oh, God, will you show up? That's when the power of God will show up. When there's a need, the power of God will show up. The purpose of God will always be accompanied with the power of God. We just got to know what his purpose is. The word of the Lord says, it's not his will that any should perish. So I can tell you right now, the will of God is that everybody be saved. 
The will of God is that everybody go to heaven. The will of God is that everybody is saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, with Jesus on their side. The will of God is for all of us to make it into heaven. And so because that is the will of God, God will save every single person. Every person that will say, God, I want to be saved. He will save you because it's his will that all be saved and none perish. God want to save everybody. It's so crazy. God wants you saved more than you want to be saved. You know, we, we look at it and we realize, well, I probably need to be saved. Because I heard about hell and I don't want to go there. And that's kind of where we stop at. And God is like, oh, man, there's so much more bigger than that. You're worried about not going to hell. And here I am. I just love you so much that I want to be with you and you miscalculating the whole thing. We want, we want to get, we want to escape hell and God says, I want to just be in a relationship with you. Help us, Holy Ghost. And that's what we need to understand. That it's not just trying to get out of escape hell and escape destruction and escape all of this stuff. No, it's God's will that we be saved. But he wants relationship. Relationship automatically means I'm saved. God will not let anything destroy anyone that he's in relationship with. If you're a real true husband, you're not going to let nobody destroy your wife. If you're a real husband, you're not going to let anybody take your wife out. Uh-uh. No, sir, buddy. And so the bottom line is, the church is the wife of Christ. You can't mess with her and think you're going to get away with it. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> it don't work that way. No, sir. The purpose of God will always be accompanied by the power of God. I got to tell you this. Let me just insert this right here real quick as we move along. Anytime we're not in the place where we need to be, we start worrying. Whenever we're not in the place that we need to be, that place could just be in Christ. Uh, I'm not going to get all talking about all that. I just want to stay in the word. That place just could be in Christ. And when we don't feel like we're in Christ like we need to be, we start worrying about everything. Every, everything start bothering us. What did I talk about Thursday night Bible study? Please, if you get a chance, go online and listen to Thursday night Bible study. We get so concerned with the deep things of the word of God. Like right now, we're concerned in trying to figure out, is the coronavirus part of what the end time prophecies talked about? Is this a part of end time fulfilling? So we're all caught up in that. And God is saying, did you get saved yet? Just the simple things. He's saying to us, man, you guys want to know the deep things. You know, you want to know revelation. You want to know, you know, God, the word. And you want to be, and he said, did did you guys say yet? Do you have my spirit in you? (laughs) You know, you know, did you stop lying? Are you holy? (laughs) He's he's saying, just do the simple things before you can worry about the deep things. So, in Christendom, the scholars, 
always have this debate. When the Lord comes back, will it be before the great tribulation? Will it be in the middle of the great tribulation? Or will it be after the great tribulation? So Bible scholars love to talk about that. And everybody's got a view on that. And it's something that I think some of us just kind of play around with it because it's not that serious. That, that doesn't determine if you're saved or not. And so we will talk about that. And that's not important. Because I always live for God and I always say this. It shouldn't matter when he's coming back. So while the scholars, I appreciate them and they're bright, that study that says, well, he's coming back before the tribulation because he would not allow his church to suffer this and his church to suffer that. Then you got the one that's saying, well, it's going to be some kind of tribulation. Cause look what's going on in the world now. So you got to be in the middle of tribulation. And there's some that's saying, yeah, you know, if the apostle Paul and Peter and them, if they went through hard times, then the church got to go through hard times. And so everybody had their perspective on when will Jesus come back. But I'm here to tell you today, we're not going to get involved or we should not get involved in those conversations that are meaningless. When he comes back or not come back doesn't matter. What matters is, am I saved? Am I sanctified? Am I Holy Ghost filled? Am I walking with Jesus? Am I doing the things he want me to do? The simple things. Am I praying? Am I reading my Bible? Am I loving People, I need to obey the simple things of God. That's what I'm worried about. I'm, I'm not worried about the deep things. Because here is the little secret. When you do the little things, he will reveal the big things. Many of us are waiting on a big thing. It's, oh, my God, help me today. It, it, we, we want God to trust us with a lot when he can't trust us with a little. That's really what we're saying. God, trust me with a whole lot when we won't even do with the little he has given us. No, I'm not even going to go there. Remember, remember the talents? Uh-huh. Yeah. The guy that got one talent, he probably was mad because he only got one. So what did he do? can't believe he gave me one. Not even doing nothing with this. Bury this thing. I don't care. He gave me one. And what did the Lord do? When the Lord took away that one talent, he gave it to the five talent guy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because what God is saying, you have proven that you can handle much. Let me give you some more. That's where I'm trying to go with this. The, the five talent guy, he did something with the five talents God gave him. So what God did, gave him a six, ta- the six talent, the master gave him a six talent, said, you have this. Why? You have proven faithful over many things, so let me give you some more. If we're going to have God to trust us uh, with big things, with deep revelations, uh, in understanding what time are we living in, is this the end time? Uh, is this something that God talked about in the scriptures? Uh, God don't want to hear anything about that because it don't matter. He is telling us, uh, let's do the little things. Uh, let's do the necessary things. Uh, let's understand how to enter into the kingdom uh, of God. Uh, let's understand uh, what the little things are before we can ever think about the big things. Woo! Yes, I can. Paul had abundant of experiences of all that he had been through and realized that nothing would be 
required of him which he would not be able to perform. Can I tell you this morning church, everything because you were born for such a time as this because God chose you for such a time as this. There is nothing that this world can do. There is nothing that anybody can do. There is nothing that anything can do to to, to stop you from doing what God called you to do. If it happens on your watch, it means you can handle it. If it happens on your watch, it means you can handle it. The things that happen during Peter's time, Peter can handle it. The things that happen during Noah's time, Noah can handle it. But the things that are happening right now, you and I can handle it. we got to realize that God wouldn't have us in this situation, in the middle of all of this that's going on. God wouldn't have us in it if we couldn't handle it. God is not calling us to be fearful. God is not calling us to just act like we are powerless. God is calling us to empower us and to use us in this time and God wants to work through us. Yes, you can. Uh huh. The Apostle Paul also learned to encourage himself in all. You know why Paul was able to encourage himself? The Bible says, the Bible talks about Paul saying, I learned to encourage myself. You know why he was able to encourage himself? Because he was able to look back over his life. Remember when that shipwrecked and none of us died? You remember when that viper held onto my hand and they thought I was dead and I just flashed them off and nothing happened? You remember when they beat me a couple times, 39 times, and threw me out the city and I'm still going? You remember when I was cold and I didn't have enough clothes and I still made it? You remember when I was hungry and I didn't have no food and I still made it? You remember when I was just in bad spots? I was chased by dogs. All kind of things was happening to me. But look at me now. And Paul was able to look over his life and say, I have learned to encourage myself. Why? Because I can look back and see all the things that I made it through. All the things that I was able to overcome. I I can look back in my life and see it. And I wasn't even serious about God then. And what if I'm serious about God now? What kind of things will God take me through? Somebody hear me this morning. God brought you to this point and you weren't even faithful to him. God brought you all the way here and you weren't even paying him no attention. What will happen if you decide to surrender to God? What will happen if you decide to say, God, whatever your purpose is for my life, I'm going to do it. What will happen if you become serious about God? You will be like Joshua. You will tell the son, "We don't believe some of the things we have read because we're just so far away from it." But Joshua was in a battle, and he got so to the point where he believed God, and he said, "Son, stay still. You can't go down. We got to win this battle. So you better stay in the sky right where you are and keep shining until this battle is won by us." And I'm telling you, when you get so involved with the things of God, you will begin to do some things. You will begin to speak some things. You will begin to overcome some things that you will not be able to imagine that you could. But it's because you're walking in the purpose of God. It's because you're fulfilling the purpose of God. Yes, I can. It might seem impossible, 
but I can. I don't care what's going on, but I'm going to be all right. Paul learned to encourage himself. He looked back over his life and said, my God, I made it to this point. I don't know about you. I can look back over my life and see a few, uh, at least three things real quick come into my mind. Like, Ooh, I could have been gone there. Could have been gone there. Could have been gone there. Mm. Mm. Like Paul, if you will engage in fulfilling God's purpose for your life, hear me now, until that purpose for your life is fulfilled, nothing or no one can take you out. This is why we're not walking in confidence right now. Because, because, because we're doing our own thing. So we're not walking in confidence and we're nervous. Uh-huh. But until we engaged, listen, how do we lose? Listen to me carefully, please. How can you lose? Listen to this. Just listen to this carefully. The kind of position you will be in if you will serve the Lord. If you will engage in fulfilling God's purpose for your life, Until that purpose is fulfilled, nothing or no one can take you out. Somebody got nervous when they heard me say, until that purpose is fulfilled. But listen to this. If the Lord allows something to take you out after the purpose is fulfilled, guess what your reward is? A crown. Guess what your reward is? No more pain. Guess what your reward is? No more dying. Guess what your reward is? I'm rich. How do we lose? Because if we will live for God to fulfill his purpose, he will arm us. He will enable us to withstand any single thing that come our way and we can't be destroyed. And if the day come that he says, all right, I'm going to let you leave this world. I inherit the life that is greater than any life we could ever imagine having. How do we lose? You can't lose. Man, I would love to know what's wrong with us. Why we don't see that picture. Why we don't see that. Why don't we see that if we just live for God, we can't lose. If we just engage in the purpose of God, we can't lose. If we just obey God, we can't lose. But we're doing everything else and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was saying yesterday, it's tough because God has really put it to the place where he's saying it's on us to make the choice. I don't know how he does it. That's why he's God. Because I don't know how I can be all powerful. Listen to this. How I can be all powerful and not make my children do what's right. I don't think any of us as parents could ever do that. Think about that. You could make anybody, your children especially, make them do what, it, what you want them to do. You have that power. I'm going to make them. And you make them because you want to see what's good for them. And God is saying, I'm not making you. You have to choose this. 
That's tough. I don't know how he does it. Because you know somebody's going to decide not to choose the way that's right. He knows that some of us are going to decide, I don't care what you say, God, I'm not doing that. He knows that. But he still leaves it just the same way. You have to choose. My God. That's good and scary at the same time. Because I understand why we are where we are sometimes because we just haven't chosen. And God is waiting for us to choose. The true Christians are strong souls. When you are a Christian, you're supposed to be strong. Yes. When God saved you, he didn't just save you. There's always more to God than you really understand. There's always more to God than we understand. We think of little in part, the Bible said. We see in part, we think in part, we understand in part. And so everything we perceive is just little parts and pieces. But God knows and sees the whole picture. And so when we get saved, you know what we do? We exhale. Woo! I gave my life to Christ. I'm going to go to heaven. And God is saying, are you kidding me? You think that's all there is to it? We think getting saved, that's all there is to it. No. When God saved us, he also empowered us with his spirit. This is why it's important to receive the spirit, the gift of the Holy Ghost, because it empowers you. Christians are not just supposed to be holy, humble, or honorable. We are supposed to be strong because we're strengthened by the power of the Holy Ghost. We're not just people that are walking around humbly. We're not just people that are walking around loving. We're not just people that's walking around trying to do right and being holy. But we're people that's been empowered by the power of God. And while I'm meek and while I'm humble, don't you confuse that with my strength. Ain't nothing weak about me. Ain't nothing soft about me, but God has infused me. God has infused you with his spirit. He has enabled you to be strong. You don't believe you have strength. I'd like to see what y'all do. If Monday you put your debit card in. And you check your balance, and you see a balance of $25,000. See how quickly you start taking out that twenty-five, or do you go and report it? <laughs> see how quickly you start nibbling at the twenty-five. You won't take it all. You start nibbling at it, just hoping that nobody says anything. And you take out a thousand, it drop down to twenty-four, and you don't get a letter. You don't see the cops come to your door, nothing. You're like, ooh, okay, I just got blessed. So you just keep on taking out 500 here, 1,000 here, you know, woo, bank account look good because it's there. It's, it's, it's available to you. <laughs> well, we're treating the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, we don't understand that the Holy Ghost is there. He's in you. He's right there. Will you begin to use the Holy Ghost? Will you allow the Holy Ghost to just begin to move in your life? He's there. All you gotta do is access Him and let Him work in your life and work through you. Oh, 
we can understand, poor God. You know, God made sure we understood the natural things so we can understand the spiritual things. Remember I told you, one of the most amazing things about God, he, he is so awesome that he designed this physical, natural world. And then, no, that's not how it goes. He allowed this spiritual, natural world to be designed according to the spirit realm. So the way how this world operate is really the spirit realm, the realm that you can't see, that's really you seeing. And we just grab a hold to the what we see and forget about the unseen. All right. What, what do you mean by that, preacher? You know, I always use this as an example. The same process for a child to be born, a natural baby to be born, is the same process for a soul that is lost to be saved. No different. Same exact process. Because God is that sharp. He is just that awesome that he makes it so if you will understand the natural, then when he begins to show you the spiritual, you won't be like, what did this mean? I don't understand it. He made it so you can understand the spiritual things by you living in this natural world. Another example, when you go outside and the wind is blowing, you feel the wind, but you can't see it. You can see trees falling down. You can see the, 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 the traffic lights just going back. and You can see the wind causing chaos, but you can't see the wind. That's the Holy Ghost power of God. That's the spirit realm. God will work spiritually in situations, in people's lives, in your surroundings. You can't see, but you just know things are getting done. So if you don't question the wind blowing and blowing down trees and, and causing chaos, you can't question the Holy Spirit because how can you? This is why God will judge us. And we're going to have to give, we're going to have to give an account because he's going to say, you hypocrite, you saw how the winds blew and how trees fell down and how, and how hurricane starts and how the, the, the waves of the sea begin to roar. You saw all that and you never saw the wind. You felt the wind and you never saw the wind. And you want to tell me you don't believe in my spirit? You, 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 you not, we, we, we will not be able to escape. This is why I said, how can we escape so great a salvation? Because we keep thinking that, oh, you know, whatever it is that we make excuses for in our mind, God is saying, I've already given you the natural world for you to understand what I do in the spirit realm. And you can't get away from that. Because he's going to show you every area of your life spiritually, how it mimicked natural things that you were able to understand. So now he wants to know, why don't you understand the spiritual things? Uh-huh. Christians are not just supposed to be holy and humble and, and just, just living their life honorable and, and all those things. We are powerful agents for God. Woo! God does not simply hide. Listen to me. God does not simply hide his child in the clefts of a rock. While the storm passes, he inspires and empowers them with ability and power to face and brave and conquer the storm even out in the open. He didn't give you power to go and hide. 
God gave you power so you can stand in the midst of the storm and you can say just like he said while he walked this earth, peace be still. If God called you to the kingdom, he called you and equipped you with power. He called you and empowered you to stand in the middle of the storm. It doesn't matter what kind of storm it is. It doesn't matter what kind of storm it is. God has empowered and equipped his children to stand in the midst of the storm and speak to the storm and call those things that are not as though they were the children of God have been empowered by God to deal with the storm. My God, I don't know what people think this Christianity thing is that we wimps and punks because we're not starting wars. Because we're not trying to punk people. Because we're not trying to act like we're gangsters. I'm telling you, there is no agency. There is no people. There is no religion. There is nobody that is strong like the children of God. There is nobody that's so powerful like the children of God. Everything else is false. Everything else is evil. But the power of God in the children of God is all the power. Listen to me. The Bible says in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said, all power, all power, all power, not some power, not just Holy Ghost power. He said, all power. And if Jesus has all power, tell me who else have power. I'm waiting. I thought y'all was going to tell me who else got power. Jesus has all power. The sun, the, the power that comes from the sun, it comes from him. The power that comes from the moon, it comes from him. The power that works in the generators, it comes from him. There is no power that exists that did not come by Jesus. If he didn't share his power, then the power don't exist no place else. All power. And the only people that have power is those that he share it with. And guess what? He's not sharing his, his power with people that don't belong to him. He's <laughs> uh, not sharing his power just because, just you know, you want, want him to share his power. <laughs> There's this guy in uh, Acts chapter 8. How good are you over there, A.V.? Acts chapter 8. Let's see. I, 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 um, Acts chapter 8. No, Acts chapter 8. Can't get Acts chapter 8. I, I wanna sh- just, just give me Acts chapter 8. You can start one. I'll find it. I don't know where it is. Acts chapter 8. All right. Huh. All right. They, they good over there. <laughs> All right. Go, go down a little bit. Go down to probably uh, verse 4. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Go down some more about verse 10. Mess with y'all today. Take my time. Have a good time in the Lord. Uh Uh-huh. 
um, go down to 15. Uh, uh-huh. Go back to go back to about 12. Uh huh. But when they believe Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Keep rolling now. All right. But then Simon, that's who I was um, trying to find. Simon, that joker. Just watch Simon. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and the signs which were done. Go ahead, sister. 15. Yes. All right. Who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Go ahead. Then laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Come on, it's coming now. 18. And when Simon. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given. (laughs) You see, God don't give his power to everybody. This dude was trying to get God's power, so he tried to go through the motions. He realized that when people got baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, that they took on a name and that when people prayed for them, they received the Holy Ghost. So he want, all he was thinking about was, I want that power. That's all Simon was thinking. I want that power. He didn't want to have a relationship with Christ. He didn't want to be a part of the church. He just wanted the power. God said, you ain't getting this power. So, so poor Simon, he saw that he offered them money. Let, let's see what the apostles did. Saying, give me also this. <laughs> Y'all see I'm in the word. Give me also this power that on whosoever I lay hands. <laughs> Every time I think about this, I say that boy Simon is sick in the hair. He don't understand who God is. So you see, God only share his power with his people. He don't share his power with people that's pretending. This is why, church, when we come, we can't pretend. We can't play a game. We might as well just jump in and just just hook, line, and sinker, just get it all. Because you can't mess with God. Because he's so gentle and kind and loving and faithful and forgiving, we think we can play him. We only play it ourselves. Because when it comes down to it, we will lose if we don't do what's right. You want to see how Simon lose? Let's see how Simon lost. All right, 20. Uh-huh. We coming. We coming. They've been good. They've been good. We coming. All right. Uh-huh. 20. But Peter said unto them, <laughs> Peter said unto Simon, your money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. God's power is a gift to us. And so when God says, here, take my power, here, take my power, it's a gift to those that are his, not to anybody, especially when you corrupt and thinking you're trying to use the power to go do something else. Go ahead, 21. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter for thy heart. Uh Uh-huh. 
I'm just saying. Well, we like to say, just saying. Simon wanted some of the power because this power ain't for everybody. But God has all power. And those that belongs to him, we will share the power of God. And so in this hour, where times are crucial, where we're threatened with all kind of sickness, disease, ailments, and all kind of things, it ain't just the coronavirus. We've been hearing about the, the, the gases that will come through the air and destroy. We've been hearing about these things. We've been hearing about all these things that will happen to us. And I'm here to tell you, God will share his power with his people. Because ultimately, God will not allow you to perish without giving you an opportunity to join him. God will not allow you to perish without giving you the opportunity to join with him. The question is, will you join with him? Yes, you can. I'm finishing up here. We are made strong in Christ, not in ourselves. By himself, the Christian is weak. Not here bragging, trying to make you think that I'm strong on my own. You shouldn't be bragging, thinking that you're strong on your own. It's in Christ do we receive our strength. He is the only power that exists. No other power exists. And so it's not until we join with him, it's not until we become one with him, do we now access his power. Christ's strength comes by our faith. We are able to receive Christ's strength in proportion according to our knowledge of him. Which allows us to trust him. So here we go in taking this thing down. You receive strength in Christ by faith. Remember what I told you. Faith is not just believing. Faith is not just, let me, let me, let me, let me give you something. Um, Just to make sure if you don't leave here, you leave here with something. Nice. Remember I told you, faith is not just believing. Because people have believed and not experienced what they believed. So faith is having the knowledge that God is who he is. That's real faith. Everything else is a product of faith. What the, what the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. That's a product of faith. Danielle, faith. This is what the problem is for many years. Faith is understanding and knowing who God is. That's real faith. When you know God, then you can believe. For so long, Ethan, we're believing, and then when somebody challenges us, we don't know what to say. That's why a lot of people got hurt in Christ. That's why a lot of people kind of challenge and even some walk away because what they were told wasn't really accurate. And so when they were challenged, whether the devil called the challenge or however it worked, they didn't know how to respond correctly. 
And so in their mind, what's the sense? Because this ain't making sense no more. But John, faith is having the knowledge of who God is. Why is that so important? Because when I know and understand who he is, then I know his capability. Believing alone don't tell you his capability. Just believing don't get you to understand the power he possesses. But when I know him, I come to know the power he possesses. So when somebody says something to me, I know how to respond. Like the other day, my mom and I was having this conversation. So we got to the place where we said this. It's easy for us to believe that people who live a long time, God blessed them to live a long time. I know God. So here's my response. It could be that the people who live long, God was giving them a whole lot of grace to get right. Because I know God. And the ones that live short, here was the deal. You were doing so well, but God knew down the road, there was going to be a situation that was going to cause you to walk away from him. Y'all don't think like that because y'all ain't tapped into the mind of God. God knows down the road, that situation is going to wreck them so bad that they're going to walk away and never come back. So let me just take them now because they're right with me right now. So let me take them right now because they're right with me right now. Boom. And we sitting around thinking, man, she had so much life ahead of her. Man. I thought she was just, you know, she could do some things for God. I mean, she was just holy and all this stuff. I, I, I wonder what was going on why she died so early. Don't even realize God is such a good God that he took her before she can get messed up. And you got so much mess in you that he's giving you some time to work all that mess out. When you know God, you understand those things. But when you're just believing and you don't know, you just believe. You're holding on. Let me just believe. You can believe a lie. You can believe things that ain't true. You can believe a hoax. It ain't just believing. Faith is knowing, understanding who God is. Because when I know that, huh? you can't touch me. I know who he is. I know who he is. I know that he is the almighty God. Just think about this. I need to stop. Think about this. The Bible says everything consists in him. How in the world everything consists in him? So you got to think about that. Now, everything consists in God. So if everything consists in God, the bottom line is, who is God? And so God realized you would never know him if he stayed in a position of just being that spirit that you know about and you can't see that keeps everything moving. He knows you couldn't know him that way. And he needed you to know him because you can't have relationship with you can't have relationship with someone you don't know. So God says, let me show them who I am. 
and he became the man Christ Jesus. And so while Jesus Christ walked this earth, he was still the almighty God that everything consists in. Now, you might say, preacher, how is that possible? How he can make himself become a human and still hold up the universe and still just have everything where he knows everything present everywhere? That's why I can trust him. That's why I can believe him. Because he became a man and still controlled and did everything as the almighty God, the spirit. That's why I can trust him. There's not two and three persons of him. There's one God. And that God became a man. And when you get to heaven, you will only see one God. Can you imagine if we had three co-equal gods? We get to heaven, we'll see three thrones. And we'll have to worship three separate times. One for this one. one. (laughs) So because you know him, it makes you believe him. The strength is not in our faith, but in Christ. So the strength that we receive is not in our faith. It's in Christ. Still, faith is the channel of the communication. Faith can move mountains, not by reason of its own inherent virtue, but because it invokes the omnipotence, the all-powerful God. Because when you have faith, it is the currency that brings you into the presence and bring you into relationship with God. Because of that, that's how the strength, the power is communicated through you. Listen, Paul writes of all these things, though there were many things to be done by Christ. Paul wrote of troubles, temptations, and changing circumstances of life must be born with contentment. As children of God, we should be content and not worry about a thing. I didn't say just be careless. I said we shouldn't worry. We should be content knowing that I can't lose. I can't lose church. You can't lose no matter what's going on. If you stay in Christ, you can't lose. There is no way to lose when you're in Christ. Paul knew who Christ was, which enabled him to know who he is. Until you know who Christ is, you won't know who you are. Until you know who Christ is, you won't know who you are. And you will be guessing and you'll be wondering. And then even some of the situation that you deal with, you will get so down on yourself. Church, listen to me. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Some of us have gotten down on ourselves so bad because we don't know who we are. Some of us have allowed our lives just to keep sinking because we don't know who we are. And sometimes we so we are more harder on ourselves than God is on us. And it's, it's stopping us from moving forward because we've just, just, just allowed ourselves to just, just feel like the worst. Church. All have sinned. All has experienced terrible situations. All have done evil things. All have experienced the challenges of this life. 
Ain't nobody better than anybody. I got to say it that way. Ain't nobody better than nobody. Stop beating up yourself. Stop letting yourself sink lower and lower. Stop telling yourself what the devil has told you. You got to know who you are. I can't say it enough. And you know it's at the top of my tongue every time. God says you are the apple That's what God thinks about you. Every one of you, God thinks of you like this. You are the apple of his eye. So you think he's going to allow the devil to keep his feet on your neck? You think he's going to allow the devil to keep his feet on your neck? You're not getting up. You've been terrible. And we've allowed the devil to tell us that. And we stay in that situation because we've allowed the devil to tell us we're the worst. For those things that we've done, there is no recovering. But I'm here to tell you, if you will know who Jesus is, you will know who you are. And know that he has made you more than a conqueror. Jesus has made you more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth you. Jesus has made you more than a conqueror and you gotta rise up and say no more I'm gonna be who God chose me to be this is my time this is my hour God chose me God called me I'm more than a conqueror I am the apple of his eyes somebody clap their hands onto the Lord and let's stand together yes I can. I can handle all things. Everything Christ allowed me to encounter, every challenges, every danger, every life-threatening circumstance, every financial challenge, all hurt, all pain, all sickness, all temptations, I can handle them. You can handle them. God says if you will join with Him and become one with Him, you can handle every situation that you encounter. Let me tell you. God does not grant us superhuman ability nor every resource to accomplish anything we can imagine. It's all in his purpose. So when you engaged in God's purpose, this is how you overcome. This is how you conquer. This is how you soar. This is how you will overcome all that you encounter is when you get in Christ. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ. As a matter of fact, what he's really saying is, I can do all things in Christ. So I have to be in Christ to do all things. I can't be out of Christ and do all things. I have to be in Christ to do all things. That means if I'm not born again, I have to become born again of the water and of the spirit. I have to engage in doing what God says, the simple things, the the things that I must do every day. I need to engage in those things because that's how I go in Christ. That's how I remain in Christ. He is the vine and we are the branch. We 
must be in Christ to do all things. So as good as everything sounds today, we still have a decision to make. And that decision is, how do I get in Christ? And the word of God tells us we must be born again of the water and of the spirit. That's how we get in Christ. And then when we're in Christ, we can do all things in Christ. Second Corinthians 3 and 4 says, And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. We are not proclaiming that we have all power. We're proclaiming that Christ has all power. And if we are in Christ, we share in that power. And that's how we're able to do all things. Church, these are the times to draw nigh to Jesus Christ. It is not the time to be fearful and to lose control and to stay away from the gathering of the body of Christ. Mm. Healing exists in the body of Christ. Ooh, that's a deep one. I didn't even know what I was just saying. Healing exists in the body of Christ. The Bible said he took 39 lashings, beatings on his body. But the body receives healing by those stripes that he receives. So in order to experience healing, it comes through the body. I can't abandon the body. I have to assemble myself with the body. Can I point something out to you? I don't know if you realize this. There's a scripture that talks about the children of Israel while they were in the wilderness. They started murmuring and complaining about food and hungry and all that. They started complaining. And God allowed a serpent to start biting them. And they started dying. Now, this is the body. But then God's man said to God, God, are you going to let them all die or are you going to reach them? And God said, all right. Because why? The body was assembled. God said, get a serpent. Make it out of something. Moses decided to make it out of bronze and put it on a pole and tell them to look on the serpent that's wrapped around the pole. And every person that look on that serpent wrapped around the pole will be healed. And as God said it, so was it done. Church, let me talk to these pretty young lady. I'm giving you a homework assignment. When you go to the hospital, when you see an ambulance drive by, look at the symbol I wonder where did that come from? And I'm going to doubt God. Man driving around here and saying healing, the, the, the symbol for healing is a pole with a serpent wrapped around it. That's in the Bible. They didn't come up with that on their own. And I'm going to doubt God. Y'all didn't know that was in the Bible, huh? Y'all still looking like, ooh. Ooh. 
I remember one time I said it to my doctor, that prescription that you get ready to write, look at the symbol on it. You know where it came from? He was stuck. You know, doctors don't like to not have answers. I said, Doc, that came out of the Bible, so you won't know. Don't even worry about it. I try to explain it. That came out of the Bible, Doc. You're like, really? I said, yes, Doc, it came out of the Bible. Yes. And so the body needs to gather in this hour. We need to come together. And even if, let me say this, I just want to teach you the right way. Even if there comes a time where times are so severe, we need to start saying to ourselves, how do we still gather together as a body even if we're not together? We better start thinking like that. We better start thinking that if we have to stay separated, how do we gather together? We need to figure that out. That's what we need to work on. How do we still gather together as a body even if we're not in the same place? Because we still need to assemble ourselves together, especially when the day of the Lord is approaching. And so we don't need to neglect coming together. We need to come together. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's just the time we're living in. You need to be born again of the water and of the spirit if you want to be one with Christ. Jesus is the head of his body. And when you get born again, you are now part of his body, of the water and of the spirit. Listen, you can do all things through Christ. I don't want you to doubt yourself. All I want for you to be doing is saying to yourself, how do I get right with Christ? Forget about all the other stuff. Don't become distracted by anything. All you want to do is say, how do I become one with Christ? How do I get my relationship right with That's all you focus on. I don't care what's going on around you. Just focus on how do I get to be one with Christ. How do I come into real, true relationship with Christ? That's all I want you to focus on. So while everything is going crazy, just think about my relationship with Christ. Because that's how you will overcome everything. And that's how you guarantee yourself of you can't lose. That's how you guarantee yourself that I can't lose. But any other way, you're going to be fearful. Any other way, you're going to be out of control. Any other way, you're going to find yourself running with the crowd. But if you would just get close to Christ in this hour, if you would just become one with him, that's all that matters. Because you can't lose when you become one with Christ. Yes, I can. I can do it all through Christ. He called you. He chose you. He ordained you and he will work in you. He will defend you. He will protect you until his purpose is fulfilled. And when his purpose is fulfilling you, you get to inherit a mansion and a crown. A mansion and a crown when his time is up in your life in this world. A mansion and a crown. How do you lose? And so we need to take a few moments before we get out of here. And prepare ourselves. I'm going to pray for you today that you draw nigh to God. Because I have prayed for protection. 
But that's just me praying for protection, probably just so you all believe. Why? Because I know I'm protected if I'm in Christ. So that's what I know. But, you know, I'll pray God protect us and keep us. But I know if I'm in Christ, I know that if I'm walking in his purpose and his plan, what's going to do any harm to me? You know why David wrote the 23rd Psalms? Anybody know? Because King Saul was after him, trying to destroy him. And David said, the Lord is my shepherd. You know what shepherd does? It guides and lead. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He is saying all this and being chased. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his. Oh, there we go again. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of what we walking through right now. I shall fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I, here we go, will dwell Though a host encamp round about me, I will not fear because God is with me. God is with you. We just have to be in house, in his house, in Christ. All of those things, and we have nothing to worry about. We have to be sure that we know we are in Christ and know that we're walking with Christ. That's what we got to shore up. We don't need to worry about it. Just shore up being in Christ to shore that up. He has kept you and brought you to this place. Just think, you think he's going to keep you all the time to bring you here and just let the devil do whatever he wants with you? Never forget, too, don't you think the devil wanted to kill you a long time ago so you can go to hell in your sins? Oh, if the devil could have killed you while you were in your sins so you can go to hell because he knows he doesn't have a chance. The devil will be in hell and he knows that he, what they said, misery love company. So he wants some company with him. And if he can take you with him, he's taking you with him. But he couldn't do it because God says no. And that's what you're not even paying God no attention. Can you imagine what God will do when you pay him some attention? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you have allowed us to understand what lies within us. Oh, the great power of God, the strength that the Holy Ghost produce in us. And oh God, today we come before you humbly, but boldly saying, Lord, will you have your way in our mind? We need a sound mind. We need the mind which was in Christ Jesus to be also in us. We need, almighty God, to walk in the power and the authority of your might. We need, almighty God, to operate in faith. 
And I pray, Lord God, that whatsoever you must do to make these things be done in us, let it be so, almighty God. Lord, I am praying for those that are here today that may not be in that place of having faith, that may not be in that place of having the mind in Christ Jesus. Will you continue to show them your mercy? Will you continue to defend them and protect them and keep them until their eyes will be open for them to see the salvation of the Lord and hold on to the Word of God and begin to obey the Word of God? Father, today I pray that as we walk out of this place that your defense will be all around us. Your covering will be upon us. And God, that you will use us. There are people that are in need. Now, Lord, will you show us how we can be a blessing to others? Will you show us how to extend the love of God through the things that we will do? In the name of Jesus, I pray, oh God, that you will use us and that you will work in us for Lord we can do nothing of ourselves but we can do all things through Christ we can command the mountain to be removed and be cast into the sea oh God because we have faith and today we're asking Lord God that every person in this room will obtain faith and oh God they will exercise their faith and begin to command those things that are not as though they were today Lord God I pray that somebody will repent of their sins they will surrender their life to you and Lord they will say here I am Lord I want to be one with you I want to abide in Christ I will give my life to you to be born again of the water of the spirit I pray for deliverance and salvation I pray Lord God that you'll undergird and strengthen the servants in this hour give them courage Give them boldness and let the authority of God be greater in their life like never before. I pray, Lord God, that wherever we go, we go in the name of Jesus. That whatever we do, we do it all in the name of Jesus. I pray today, Lord God, that you will provide for all of the need of your people, Lord God. You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. And I thank you for provision. I thank you for providing. I thank you for protection. I thank you Lord God for all that you're doing. Father, we go from this place, but never from your presence, never from your love. We will trust you. We will trust you. We will obey you. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you today. We thank you for bringing us safely and we look to you to take us safely. There is none like you. There is none like you. And we're grateful to know you. We're grateful oh God to be closed in our right mind. We're grateful today, Lord God. Oh, Father, to have your word, to have your spirit. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Have your way, oh great God, for there is none like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Will somebody give the Lord a shout of thanksgiving? Will somebody clap their hands and thank the Lord today? God has been good to us. God has been faithful to us. God has been merciful to us. And He continues to be. Clap your hands unto the Lord and make a joyful noise unto Him. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised.
Listen to me. 